Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns, and enjoy this shit show. back once again bread and circuses podcast i am rooster here with my cohort professional transgender cross dresser cross cosplayer sorry crow Ooh, fancy no. hello how you doing i'm feeling feeling fancy okay cool we got stuff to talk about let's get to it let's get to it what do you want to start with um we had we didn't get to the collusion thing last time i call it the collusion illusion I think Rudy Giuliani calls it the collusion delusion. I don't. I don't know how much more there really is to say about it. Although I did hear a thing that uh, who's the guy on uh, Hugh Hewitt? He says uh, he goes. Um, he goes. No matter what they say, the investigation still over. Yeah. He just keeps saying it's over. Did you see Mueller got uh, sort of accosted by that reporter outside church? I heard it. Yeah. An Easter Sunday. I'm sure the visual is a lot worse because it didn't sound terrible. It was, I mean, it wasn't any more comfortable watching it, but oh, okay. he just walks up to him and Muller's at his car and he's trying to get his keys out and stuff. And I don't know if he was at the right car or not because he looked like he was fumbling for keys and then he had them, but he wasn't getting in the car. And the guy comes up and he says, sir, uh, I just want to ask you. And he goes, yeah, and real quietly, he's like, no comment. And uh, he says... Are you sure? Are you really sure? You have no comment. He's like, yeah, no comment. That was the extent of it. Yeah. Yeah, just harass a guy at church. Uh, he was supposed to be the savior, you know. He was going to point out. But now that, that, all, that all got blown out of the water and it ended up being a bunch of no, uh, uh, bullshit, now they're transitioning over to the taxes now. Now they're saying they, they want, they really got to have, Trump has to give them their ta- his taxes. That's, There's no that's way they the can make thing. him do it. He has to. Rooster. But there's again, there's no way they can make him do it. It doesn't matter. He has to. Can't do it. Okay, so the Democrats want him to prove that he paid taxes, right? So Thank he, you, Adam. He has to <laughs> he, he has to produce those taxes to prove that he paid them, right? So Trump right, he's yeah. got taxes, so, right? Right. And he says he paid them, right? But he didn't, right? So, boom. So answer right. answer that. Answer what? Is there a question? Exactly. Huh? Yeah. Right. But what? <laughs> it's just more nonsense. I mean, it's just it's never good enough. Goalposts keep changing. Definitions keep changing. Um, so the, all they-, they want is is to erase erase something that the American people wanted. They voted in Trump, but they can't they can't handle it. It can't be true. It's still a nightmare. And we're going to wake up from this nightmare eventually, right? Yeah. <laughs> when Madonna blows up the White House. Yeah. Like she's been um, daydreaming about. Yeah, no kidding. She's thought an awful lot about it. I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, think it's, I think it's ridiculous when it comes to this taxes thing. People say, we need to see his taxes. And if you say, why? You can say, well, we need to know if he did business with Russia. Okay. There's not a line on your taxes for did business in Russia. And that's not a straw man argument. I'm not trying to be silly here. I mean, are they saying that if he has business 
in Russia that there you go, he's complicit with Putin and trying to fix an election. That's a hell of a reach. And wouldn't that have been kind of explored in the whole Mueller probe anyway, you think? Uh, you know, in almost two years and 300 investigators and something like 50 million spent, I think that's the, you've found the hole in the, uh, Mueller investigation. You know, they didn't, they didn't look into that. So they just, they should have done that. And now that they hadn't, Jerry Nadler wants to do it. The reason they want to see his taxes is they want to see if he's worth a, over a billion dollars like he says he is. So what? Maybe he's worth $897 million. Who cares? Yeah, I don't. I certainly don't. It's not going to change the the minds of even people on the fence. But they want to do what they did to Bernie. Uh, you know, when he did that Fox Town Hall a couple weeks ago, and they said, "Hey, you made millions of dollars writing this book, but you only donate- people wanted to buy my book. Yeah, you only uh, your Bernie's getting pretty good. I'm <laughs> impressed. Um, you already look like him. So, uh, but they said, you know, you donated like one tenth of one percent of your money to uh, to charity." That's all they want it for. Because mm-hmm. if they get... It's a gotcha, that's all. If they get Trump's taxes, there's nothing in there that's going to say it's criminal. Because if it's criminal, do you know what the IRS does with your taxes? They go through them and they look for criminal stuff. And that's why I believe this whole... When Trump was talking about it before when they wanted to see his taxes, he goes, yeah, I, I would provide them to you, but you know, I'm under audit. So while I'm under audit, he should never even have gotten to that point. He just said, No. Yeah, he should just go, uh, no. And at this point, he shouldn't even say that anymore because I think he still is even kind of bringing that up. He's like, Look, I said this. Uh, they're under audit. I'm not, he should just at this point, and maybe he's transitioned finally to go, no, we're done. We're not talking about this anymore. Did you just say Trump transitioned? <laughs> he should transition, yes. Okay. We're on to this again. Are you starting this whole trans thing again? Mm, no, I'm done with it. Okay. I couldn't be more done with it. Um, yeah, so it, I, there's not much more to say about collusion other than the fact that that that's a story that's just it's it's not going to it's not going to get people excited to get to the polls on the left anymore, because I think deep down they realize they lost that battle. So they're transitioning already to something else. Very good. Did it, and that's uh, what that's what Biden did in his announcement. He brought up Charlottesville, brought up old news, but he wants to gin up outrage over something that's easy. Gin up outrage. Trump says Nazis are cool. He said that, didn't he? He said that specifically. He goes, Nazis, the greatest thing since sliced bread. He said that. Yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah, I totally yeah. do. You should. You I, should. I'm, I'm saying it, so you should believe it. Yeah, absolutely. I heard it. Right. So. Straight from his lips to yours. <laughs> so it's it's dumb. They, they're going to keep hanging on to this stuff. And there's, there's people out there, and I think Rush Limbaugh was even one of them, that said they're even trying to tank this presidential election that they're just like they're not going to be able to beat him they kind of know it so they're running 80 year old bernie out there and you know 76 year old joe biden and they're just they're going to run them and um, two white men cis white men they would say which means they're straight white men uh, uh, after all this talk about my diversity and my representation and all that and getting rabid about, uh, you know, the, the white patriarchy and, and all that on the left and, and getting, and AOC talking about, uh, you know, everything she talks about is how girls, uh, people of color and little girls of color need to feel represented in Congress and, and having the new Congress be, um, all minorities is a beautiful thing and we need more of that. To have the two old straight white men be their candidates is going to be 
it's just so strange to see. It's like, you guys, you don't even believe your bullshit, you know? Yeah. It, can you imagine? I mean, imagine for a second, Bernie, Bernie wins. What would that look like? I mean, with that guy as your fucking president. Well, it's, I, I got to imagine people on the left feel that about Trump. How I would feel about Bernie, I guess. They look at Trump as, as a super crazy clown man. No, no, I think I disagree. I think it would be different. It, I mean, they look at Trump and say, he's nuts. He's crazy. He's, he's going to start a war. He's going to do all the shit. He's, you know, he's, uh, he's stupid and evil. He's having, uh, prostitutes piss all over the bed in the Russian hotel that, you know, Barack and Michelle have stayed in and, um, you know, which isn't true. And they're just like, he's this boorish, fat, piece of shit, orange man kind of thing. steak with ketchup. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I don't know why I found that so fucking funny. Because it's true. (laughs) Okay. Okay, you're right. So, anyway. (laughs) Um, He threw me off there. I think Bernie, though, is just kind of a wuss. Can you imagine him trying to deal with a Vladimir Putin or something? He, he's one of those guys that shakes his fist at kids for, for uh, running through his lawn, and, and but has nothing to back it up with. Get off my, fo- my lawn. I'll call the police on you. And, and they will. I might. And then they throw rocks at him. Hey, stop throwing those rocks. Why? Because, uh, you know, it's not good. <laughs> you know, Bernie Sanders is the old man in your neighborhood that kids threw the flaming bag of poo on his front, on his front step. Yeah, yeah. that's Ding what we would get. Yeah. Do you think they get? Do you think Trump got flaming bags of poo on his front step? Well, you remember the rally he had um, when he was running against Hillary, and it got oh, hijacked. He got hijacked by those two shrieking uh, women that mm-hmm. came up and were demanding that uh, they get. Um, time to speak and I don't I think it was about Black Lives Matter I don't even know what the fuck it was about was it Black Lives Matter might have been who knows but they were sh- they were literally shrieking and nonstop, just shaking they're wagging their fingers at him and and you know what he did what packed it up and left just gave it to him are you talking him. about Bernie Bernie oh he, yeah he left the stage and then walked away and the people in the crowd that were there to hear him go where'd Bernie go yeah and they the Black Lives Matter women just got up and took the mic or ranting and yeah. yeah, but it wasn't even that he walked away. It wasn't like he went, "Oh, this, this bullshit! I'm not putting up with this." He sort of backed out, like, "Oh, well, I'm sorry." Yeah, you know, he had one of his aides kind of negotiating at first with them to say, hey, "Let Bernie speak, and then we'll give you time." And then, no, but there was they weren't having it. It was just like, wah, 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 and just nonstop. Yeah, but he just kind of backed off the stage. Yeah, he just kind of slunk away, like, yeah, like a like a turtle, like a yeah. turtle uh, withdrawing into its shell. And then having somebody pick him up and walk away. <laughs> but that's the guy you'd be getting. As opposed to, I thought you were, when you were originally telling us, I thought you meant the Trump rally that he had where some people got up there and did that. And he'd basically go, security, get these people out of here. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, he had one. He's just like had him walk him out of there. And then the whole thing with Jim Jim Acosta, when he had the um, he had the mic, and he basically sent that that little intern over to get it from him and he like stiff arms are like no please ma'am i'm still gonna talk but trump is like you're done shut up yeah stop talking yeah and i love how are you still of, here like walked away from the from the podium and just kind of like like paced for a little bit like you could see the look on his face like this fucking guy 
just let me in a room alone with him. We'll handle this. That's yeah. the look on his face. He's like, ugh. Yeah, and then, yeah. I don't think I don't think Trump's like you know some big tough guy who's mm. going to kick somebody's ass, but I think he's not afraid to use the tools that we've got to do. You know, and he's a big guy. Yeah, I mean, but he I, does. He's got the Trump handshake. Yeah, where he, <laughs> where he pulls it. people off off uh, balance. Yeah. Yeah. Sparrowhawk was talking about that. Let's do the Trump handshake. <laughs> pulls you in. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, Trump is just a big boorish thug. He's. I think he's not a thug. Why? Trump? Yeah. I don't think he's a thug. I think I think he's a New Yorker. He's a guy that yeah, a is thug. bombastic, yeah. but also wants to be your friend. He doesn't want to intimidate you and just be a bully and rule through an iron fist and have you uh, respect him through his through fearing him. He wants you to respect him because you like him or because you agree with him. He doesn't. He's not a. He's not a thug. If he was born a hundred years ago, you would have been a mob boss. That's, yeah, but that's not necessarily a thug. Some mob bosses weren't like didn't act like thugs. I think saying a thug is for him is, is not what he is. Well, I mean, we're we're disagreeing on a definition of terms. I don't think, I don't think. Are you, are you redefining thug? No, you are. Are you a Democrat? No, you're taking the word I used and putting your meaning to it. I just I think calling him a thug is just too far. Oh, okay, he's a, he's a he's, we disagree. He's boorish. He's yeah. He can inti- be intimidating, but he's not. I don't think he time. has any problem using the full leverage of intimidation to get his way. I really don't think he does. And that's what I would define Yeah, I think as a thug. if the situation demands it, he, he will. Yeah, I guess yeah. you're right. But I don't think that's his go-to playbook. No, but he's comfortable with it. Yeah. So, right. But I just think... You're I, forgiven. I'm trying to, as are you, I'm trying to figure out <laughs> what a Bernie presidency would look like and i just picture the rest of the world laughing at us you know whereas yeah, he's the, a cartoon character the democrats will say yeah they laugh at trump now because he's a cartoon character right. you're right they do because you know he eats steak with ketchup you know but he's not he's not somebody who's easily cowed and whereas bernie is not only is bernie easily cowed bernie is a cow bernie has a meekness to him that well when when, when hillary Took the election and or took the uh, primary from him at uh, the Democratic Party, and he went on to actually endorse her. His his he a shitload of his people that were supporting him peeled right off from that. You know that is something where grudgingly I have to give Hillary Clinton a ton of credit because when she was gonna when everybody thought she was gonna win when Obama got the nomination, what was that two thousand eight? When uh, he got the nomination, and she, there was no way she was going to win. Mathematically, he had her. But she was going to be able to hang on for a long time. She had a big chunk of loyal supporters. And don't you remember they were, like, negotiating for, like, a month? The, the two campaigns were getting together, and everyone's like, why didn't she just give up? She's not going to win. Well, I mean, she was leveraging it. I have no doubt she was saying, look, you're going to name me Secretary of State. Yeah. And if you name me Secretary of State, I'm going to come in and say, you know what? We love this guy. Hey, he won fair and square. And then it's my turn. You know? And at least she did that. I mean, she's a politically vicious woman, which I can't respect. But I will give, I will grudgingly respect her for taking that position, a losing position, and wringing everything she could out of it. Whereas like Bernie, yeah, when not he was in, losing, not in him. when yeah. he was losing, was just like, "Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> got to move on for the good of the party." <laughs> yep. So, well, let's do some uh, would you rather's. He's a cuck. Is what we're saying. Yeah, very much so. All right, Rooster. 
Would you rather have Stan Lee or Kevin Smith create your own comic book character? Well, Kevin Smith is in. Kevin Smith. As in Mallrats and all that? Yeah, the director. I, he's into comics. Yeah. And he's done a few or written I a few. really, I really don't like him. I don't like him. Which sucks because I used to think he was great and I've just Well, heard so him, did I, but I grew up. I've heard him talk too much. Yeah, I, I, I used to work at a video store and uh, one of his first movies was took place in a video store and it was funny. He had, I mean, he's always, he got in a little bit of a thing with Adam Carolla over something they were supposed to do and he was such an asshole about him when Carolla wasn't there like on his podcast and when they got together he was oh Adam I'm you know I'm sorry I'm so yeah it was I also hate his whenever he gets a picture taken he 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 always adopts the same look of like like shock mm-hmm. like I'm a big dummy and I'm shocked it's like just it's like enough enough with that well, to his credit he's not as big a dummy he lost a bunch yeah. of weight but the the part where I was like I can't take him anymore he was doing a question and answer thing and this little girl she's like 11 or 12 years old stands up and the reason i know that is because she set her age she stands up and goes yeah i'm so and so you know i love i loved all your movies including like mall rats or something like that he goes were you even come then really he said that i was like you say that to a i mean that's a really shitty yeah thing to say yeah i'm sure her parents were there well, I don't think she drove herself there. Fuck. What a, what a, yeah, I just don't like the guy. Uh, so the answer is for both of us, Stan Lee. And the question's a little bit dumb. But you can't compare Stan Lee to, no, and, to Kevin Smith. And so to help, so what, instead of create your own comic character, say help you with creating it. Yeah, okay. but even so, that's like, I don't know. One is, one is filet mignon and one steak with ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Rooster, would you rather get a tattoo of a cartoon character or a tattoo of the face of a celebrity you like? Uh, that one's that one's not good. I mean, cartoon yeah. character. It's easy, hands down, cartoon character. Go again. These are dumb. Yeah. Would you rather live in paradise for free, but you can take but you can only take four people or live in the city where you were born but can never leave? You know, that's an interesting one. It actually is. Because if there were some people you wanted to cut out of your life, <laughs> you could just be like, you know, sorry, I can't take you. I think uh, I think the city where you were born never leave. It's big enough. Now, by born, do you mean the one you... And I hate my city. The one you were actually born in? Oh, yeah, probably. Because if you were born in some, like, you know, 400-person town somewhere... It's still better, I think, than just being with four people. In paradise? There's only four people in paradise. I if mean, you grew not... up in Podunkville, Iowa, or Utah, or Idaho, or live in paradise for free, so what are we socialists? No, not what socialists think paradise would be. Not Starbucks and free college. And when you live there, is you can only take four people, but are there other people around? That's a good question. Probably not. I'm 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 thinking no. I'm thinking what they say at Paradise, everything's taken care of, but you don't see anybody else. It's only the four people you can take. Yeah, it'd be tough. Uh, what, what would their lives be like? If if it's not the city you were born in, if it's the city you call home, like you've lived in for yeah. 20, 30 years. Yeah, fine. I, mean, I could I could stick it out, yeah. I could do that, yeah. All right. That's enough of those. <laughs> I think you'd have it easier, though, in the Paradise thing, because... So I can be somewhat of a hermit, but... Um, <laughs> All right, so we wanted to talk about a Harvard study on diversity 
I had this wrong. It's not a Harvard study. It's um, the Harvard Business Review, I think it was. Tim Pool had this. Again, I'm mentioning Tim Pool yet again. Okay. Uh, like he needs us to mention him. Yeah. Um, but he was uh, it, this James Damore 2.0. There's another Google person who came out that basically said they're keeping – a Google engineer is keeping a ever-expanding file of white – and Asian men who are being discriminated against because they're not being hired because they're just they're because they're the way they were born. Enough, yeah. yeah, the way they were born. And uh, Google is not really touching this, I think, because I don't I don't know a ton about this yet, but uh, I, I tried researching it a bunch. But apparently, this engineer is a woman. Who said this? So Google's not really. Yeah, initially, this if nobody knows who James Damore is, he was a, a Google a engineer. Google engineer who actually had the the audacity to put a memo out that, and I don't, I don't know what the, what the context was, why he put it out, but it was basically saying that yeah, we don't have women in these positions, in these uh, technical positions, because they don't really want to be here, and they they're not really cut out for it. Well, his memo was meant to be helpful to the HR department. Yeah, it was men sort of think. Um, visually and women sort of think, you know, yeah, he didn't say as bluntly as I did. Yeah. James Damore, D-A-M-O-R-E. If you haven't checked it out, you should, you should check his stuff out. Um, he, he basically said he took all of the data, data, uh, and put it, uh, compiled it and said, men aren't as good at these jobs in general, because their ten or women aren't as good because their tendencies are this, and if we want to change it, we're going to need to change how this works. I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's a bad thing, but the fact that he even said that caused Google to fire him. Mm-hmm. And so now this is another person coming out saying a person who has not been identified yet, but they've heavily implied that they will identify this person, um, and said the same sort of thing that now the men are being discriminated against because of it. And Tim Poole's point was, well, two points. The first of which is to say, now Tim is part Korean, part white, right? Mm-hmm. So he said, uh, well, just saying Asian men, that's ridiculous because some, some Asians come from, or just saying Asians, some Asians come from China and India, which tend to be in IT and tend to do very well, and others from southern Pacific nations like Laos and Cambodia. Yeah, are struggling just to get here. Yeah. And now if you're saying, well, because they're Asian, they're going to be discriminated against because they already have a head start. That's ridiculous. Yeah, from certain countries, the, the Asians perform better. From certain country, other countries, they don't. And I don't know if that's are they discriminating against all Asians? Though? Yes, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if that is the. And I'm talking about the technical definition, not like the current accepted one of racism as people I disagree with. Um, it's the it's the uh, squirrel I throw into the argument to distract the other the other group. Um, I don't know if that fits technical definition of racism. But I think it fits the technical definition of bigotry. Uh, Just to say you're excluding a people based on what their race is, that's that's bigotry right there. Well, it's it's a form of discrimination. Now, I'm not discrimination in and of itself is not bad. 
But well, not everybody discriminates. But uh, but official racial dis- discrimination in an official capacity is supposed to be bad, is it not? Yeah, but I think the definition of racism is more along the lines of thinking they're inferior. This is saying they're too privileged. Well, let's just say racial discrimination, though. Like practicing racial oh, discrimination yeah. in an official capacity. Yeah, I guess you're probably right. Is 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 what they're doing, and you know, discrimination in and of itself, fine, discriminate away, but. In an official capacity under government laws and regulations to officially discriminate who you do business with or who you give loans to or who you hire based on their race, that's probably not a good idea. It should, should, shouldn't be legal, I would imagine, right? Well, this idea that we think of people based on their, their race alone as monolithic is ridiculous. That people have to believe or think a certain way or they all have same advantages and disadvantages based simply on yeah if you're hiring a a specific person for a specific job race shouldn't come into play um their their merit should come into play so um but there are trends in races there are trends in ethnic groups there are trends in in different country uh, uh people of different origins uh country of origin that have different iq levels and different socioeconomic um you know, uh, belief systems, all kinds of stuff that as a group, yeah, you can say, okay, you can apply that to that, that group. But then when you come to something where it's like, I'm hiring you to do a specific job that is out the window. It doesn't matter if this person can do the job and prove that they've got the ability above and beyond other people hire that person. Yeah. But see, it's not how that works in the old boy network. They only hire the most qualified white guy. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Yeah. Because people would cut their own throat with here's their the, own here's, what here's the uncomfortable truth of the matter is that Asians outperform everybody else in, in these certain fields in IT. And it's – On a per capita basis, They are yeah. blowing people out of the other races, white people out of the water, every, you know, um, Hispanic, you know, black, everybody blowing them out of the water. And it's uncomfortable. They can't – they the left can't reconcile that. They don't – so they just don't admit it and they just quietly behind the scenes – Try to skew it and say, well, we need to more, we have to diversify and these Asians are really fucking blowing everybody out of the water. So we do, we'll just kind of cut them back, cut them back. Nobody will notice and we'll just bring in everybody else. The programs won't suffer anyway. Nobody will notice. That's what they're doing because they can't, they can't figure it out. They can't reconcile that. They can't say, well, why are the Asians doing better? Are, do they, are they better? Are they just more, they have a better aptitude towards it? They have a higher IQ in that specific range. Well, you can't say they work harder. Why? Well, you can't say it. It's hate speech. Well, I mean, that can be tied into a cultural thing, or it can actually be tied into a genetic thing, too. A predisposition to be more focused. Who knows? Who knows? Well, I know know a lot of uh, Asians through work. A ton. And almost all of them are like, yeah, especially if they're They're real go-getters. Well, I don't even know if they are, but their parents sure as hell are. Their parents are like... You're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a lawyer. If you're not going to be one of those successful things, then you better be something. And, you know, actor or whatever. But that's a cultural thing that you're talking about. Yeah, it absolutely is. They want their kids. I mean, it's like it never really comes into play. as like, do you want to be a doctor? It's like, you're smart. You'll be a doctor. I'm sure that's something to do with it. But there's also a genetic component to it where they Asian people tend to be very good with technical uh, jobs. They'll, if you put them down and you say, take a test, 
and you have a hundred Asians in a room and a hundred white people and a hundred black people, a hundred Hispanic people, who, who does better in the, in the test when it comes to IT, all the technology? I don't know, but there are many flavors to the rainbow of humanity. And I think what you're saying is making me uncomfortable. Is I'm it? all triggered right now. No. All right. See, I don't think you understand how woke I am. <laughs> you don't get my level of wokeitude. So I understand if you're if you're worried that you're at the bottom of the ladder when it comes to opportunity because, it, um, you know, per capita, it's just you, you're not competing. Yeah, you're going to be like, well, what can we do to rectify this? Well, you have to admit that there's a problem to begin with, and they won't even do that. Yeah. And is it a cultural problem, or is it just the white man keeping you down because that doesn't work? Well, I mean, it can never be it can never be your own bad choices, right? I mean, it can never be that, hey, you're 40 years old, your life's a fucking mess, and you... Or or your own bad genetics. Some people aren't cut out to be runway models because they don't have the genetics for it. Some people aren't cut out to be basketball stars. They don't I, have the genetics for it. I feel bad for the uh, the unattractive people because I have no idea what that's like. Oh, of course you wouldn't. <laughs> I can't even look at you. You're so dazzling. I am, aren't I? <laughs> I know. Um, but that's, that's I, Every the... morning I look in the mirror and I'm like, damn, you handsome son of a bitch. Kenyans tend to be really fast runners, sprinters. They win all, or not even, well, fast and long-distance runners. You know, no mass transit in that country. They have to run it for. That's the reason. Yeah. But there's there's genetic differences in people as a group. And I'm not saying there's not outliers. That's why you have to treat people as individuals, right? Yeah, but if people have a tendency toward something. uh, So you can't skew the results if you have a room full of 100, 100, this, 100, or let's say 1,000. And per capita... Are you know the percentage wise more Asians are are inclined to be um, in, in IT, or let's say more men are inclined to be in IT than women. You can't deny that that's just going to happen, and you can't. But you can say I'm not going to just by seeing that I'm not going to say well then no women. We'll just focus on men for for job applications. No, by all means allow women to to apply for the job because there's going to be the outlier. There's going to be a woman that's really good at it and and worth having the job. So don't discriminate. On an individual basis, you can recognize the, the 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 bigger picture, but when it comes down to the the individual, don't you don't have to discriminate. You can just, but that they're saying you're discriminating by not discriminating. Well, you see that picture that goes around of the woman who um, did all of the coding for the computer system to for the Apollo launches. Did you just do air quotes? What? That because she, she supposedly didn't actually do the coding. Well, I don't know. It's just a picture. Yeah. I don't. Or she's or she's covering her mouth and looks so excited. <laughs> no. Oh, this is a different story then. Yeah, this the is black the, hole. No, no, no. That was I'm talking the Apollo launches oh, back sorry, in the sixties. I jumped. So it's this woman. She's wearing you know a sixties little one. You know the little Star Trek kind of dress, the little short skirt top, mm-hmm. whatever you call that thing. I don't know. I'm not a fashion icon, despite my runway model good looks. Um, but she's standing next to a stack of paper that's like as high as her. And they said computers back then couldn't, I mean, they obviously weren't as good as they were now. So they had to hand code all of this stuff and she did it. And they're like, and she's a woman. And I'm like, big fucking deal. So what? She's smart. That's awesome. But she deserves a cookie at least and a pat on the head. Why does she deserve, if she did it as well as a man... You know, if you're saying, oh, she did it as well as a man would. It shouldn't be anything to write home about. But what I'm saying is, if you put that picture up and go, see, that's your sexism. Yeah. That's that's not mine. It shouldn't be something to write home about. I'm looking at it going, I'm not going, wow, can you believe that 
that pretty little girl did that. I'm saying, awesome. She's smart. That's cool. I'm not going. Should have been a man. But what job. they're saying is because they're pointing to her and saying, see, the fact that she did that means that since there's all these men um, in this field and that one woman, um, but she proved that women can do it means that you're discriminating against all women because all women are capable of that. Yeah. And again, that's their sexism. That's not mine. No, I don't because, think- because they're saying all women are capable of that, but capable of that. But you as a man and, and patriarchy are keeping them down and stopping them from being part of that. So, yeah, she made it. Right. Um, but, no, but more women deserve to make it. I understand that. But the the thing in the the implied statement in the patriarchy is patriarchy is bad because it discriminates, right? So men generally will just discriminate against women because they can't. Women wouldn't discriminate against men, but men would discriminate against women, right? That's what they're implying. Right. See, I did it again. Uh, right. I know. You're, you're going to be self-conscious about it all the time. Correct. How's that? So – what I'm saying is they're assigning a negative, this idea that men just discriminate, based on the fact that they're men. They're basically saying, not even basically, they're flat out saying that men will try and keep the, the women out of the field, except in this case where she was like super smart and can do, can do it as well as a man. So they're implying something nefarious. They're not saying she got to where she is because she's smart. They're saying, well, she got to where she is because she's smart. But that's the outlier because men will keep the women out of it. And I'll, I'll bet you not only was she smart, but she had an, an aberrant um, drive and focus on numbers and math and all that that most women don't. They don't have that drive or that motivation or that focus Um for that they've done study after study they've asked question after question as to what is important to you in life and women and men are different their their goals are different their focus are different they women are are more they say more well-rounded a man a lot of men tend to be very focused on their job with to the detriment of family life and women say no i'm not doing that i'm i'm gonna have my family life too well you can't be that crazy you know working 14 hour a day you know face in the in the books guy and then have a family life to it it's impossible to you can't have it all like they tell you you can have it all baby well you can't so you have to choose and you can choose as a woman you can choose to have a very short period of time in your life where you do that and then most women do that and then they go well i'm not fulfilled by this they go i want a family i want i want a social life and they go they drop out or they or they get into that field they have the the ability they have the intelligence to do it but they get into the field and they realize immediately like yeah i'm not going to spend 14 hours a day doing this this is not my life i have other things to do with my life so this you know that's where they got the wage gap bullshit from well two things in this one multitasking is not a thing that people do multitasking is something your computer does there have been many studies to show that when people attempt to do two tasks at once they do both tasks inefficiently. So this idea that women multitask better than men, they might have a tendency to do it, but what it's saying is I can do two things half-assed instead of doing one thing well, you know, and that when you focus on one thing, your results are better. Secondly, and we've mentioned this before, and sort of tying into what you've just said, Jordan Peterson had a great thing about um, why are most CEOs men, you know, why is it that 
it tends to be men. You could say it's because companies discriminate and they want just men, which is kind of silly when you figure there's all these companies out there, many of which are run by women, that they would be trying to keep, you know, women out. So what he says is, you know, two things, male versus femaleness. He does a lot of consultations with um, uh, law firms in Canada. And he's seen a, a lot of smart women who were the smartest in their, you know, high school. They were the smartest in college. They were the smartest in law school. They made partner by the time they were 30. And now they look around and go, what do I want to do? And the thing that they tend to do is say, I want to start a family. That's the thing that fulfills them. They can't stay working at the level they were. They might do some pro bono work. They might take a lesser schedule. But they turn around and say, what fulfills me is raising a family. So they do it. They may still work, but they're not going to be the CEO of a company and still be that person. Whereas the men go, what makes me more satisfied? More money, more power, more all of this stuff. And he goes, the guys who are running... They're CEOs of major companies. They're not playing catch with their kid. They're not going to the kid's Little League game and dance recital and stuff. They're doing that job 24 hours, seven days a week. They're maniacal about it. But you can't just lay, lay it at the foot of biological imperative either. You have to admit, you have to concede that women and men think differently too. Well, that's, I think, exactly the point he was making. Well, part of it he's, he's making is that biological imperative. Um, and social part of it's social part of it's biological. He's also saying that they value different things. But, but yeah, okay. But what I'm saying is, when it comes comes to IQ, when you're testing in tech, when you're testing in certain different um, um, fields, uh, there are going to be some fields or some technical things that men are better at than women, and there's going to be certain things that women are better at than men because of the way their brain functions. So it's not just biological imperative; it is the intelligence quotient or whatever IQ it's on certain things, there's going to be a difference generally speaking. And I'm not saying there's not genius women that can out tech a man in a certain, you know, that's, I'm not saying that, but generally speaking, there is going to be a difference. How did Gavin McGinnis talk about this? He was saying, and I'm going to get this wrong. So um, you probably remember this. He was talking about the difference between men and women in intelligence. He said the smartest man is generally smarter than the smartest woman. Yeah, yeah. If you look at the bell curve kind of situation, but there's more variation in men. Yeah, uh, he goes. He goes. The women's are more of a gentle curve, and the men's go whoosh, a big spike. So you got a lot of dummies. I thought it was the other way around. Um, I don't know, but no, no more. Yeah. So you're gonna get on each ends. You're gonna get more of the kind of like high level genius men, and you're gonna get a lot more of the dummy men. Yeah. Okay. And whereas yeah. the women are more of an even field, where they're right. You know, they're not. There's not as many of the low-end dummies, but there's not as many of the high-end smarties. They're kind of a little bit more spread out through the gentle curve of the of the chart. Yeah. Well, getting back to this uh, Harvard um, publication, they showed that Tim Pool had – it showed that um, diversity programs, the sort of forced diversity, is having the absolute opposite effect, that it is hurting diversity. Because they're saying, hey, you need to hire more of, you know, women and minorities and everything. Because you don't, because you have this implicit bias, you're doing it all wrong, 
So you have to do it our way. Deep down, you're bad people. Yeah. And the tendency of people in general is when you tell them that to go, I'm going to do the opposite of what you said just to prove that I am not what you said I am. That people are by nature contrarians when it comes to accusing them of, you know, bad behavior. They will not generally accept it and say, "Eh, you know what, I know you're right. They may say that, but they also might mean, well, fuck you. And so the what uh, Harvard cited in the study is they're seeing that people who weren't previously considered to be racist or may not have considered themselves to be racist are now sort of going, I might be a little racist. And not because it was pointed out to them, but because of what they went well, through. But then what's the outcome of that? Is that I might be a little racist and I'm, and I'm okay with that? No. So what it is, I'll or give you... I might you, be a little racist and I'm going to cuck now. I'll give you a personal example. My wife, where she works... Had to go through the diversity training, you know, the privilege march. You know what that is? Mm, yeah. It, I really uh, hate that thing. I, said, I told her, I said, lie about everything in it. Just do it. Yeah. Fuck up the whole experiment. Yeah. And they say, uh, I've never been... The privilege march, for those who don't know, it's, is... It's really fucking annoying. They start everybody in the class... Well, first of all, the whole class starts off with saying, well, everybody in this class is racist. Well, if everybody is, then nobody is, mm-hmm. you know? So the privilege march comes at the end of it, and you stand in a line, and people are all of, you know, diverse races and everything, and they say, all right, so for every question you answer affirmatively to, uh, take a step forward, uh, or negatively to. So I've never been denied, um, or no, affirmative, sorry. I've never been denied a job based on my race. So generally, white people take a step forward. And black people or other minorities who might have been told that they didn't get a job based on their race will say, yeah, well, I'm sure I have, so I don't. Or there was a job they thought they were going to get that they were qualified for. Forget what the company that was going to hire them may have thought of their interview, but they're saying, I didn't get it because I gave it to a white person, you know, so they don't step forward. So at the end of this, you turn around and it's all the white people on one side and all the minorities on the other side. And I said, just lie about it. So just say, just to mess up the whole thing, and I say lie, that's not exactly what I mean. Say, I've never been denied a job based on my race. Don't step forward. You don't know that. You've been denied jobs. Who knows? Who knows why? So just I'm not sure. And that would, I said that would blow up that whole class. Yeah, there's a video that was going around on Facebook a couple of years ago. It's just a running one? Yeah, where a coach, and he goes, if you, if you don't understand privilege, or if your family doesn't understand privilege, show them this video. And uh, it's it's some coach, and he's a real fucking smarmy fuck. And he does this out in the field, and he goes, you know, we're gonna race, and whoever wins gets this, whatever he's holding. Hundred dollars, yeah. And uh, but but there's some stipulations here, and he goes for you know for where you get to start on yeah. the race, and he does the the privilege thing where he goes, if you've done such and such, and he goes, yeah, see, uh, you know, see, all the white people, are, you know, there there's some black fellas back there though that are probably gonna beat you anyway. It's like, yeah. you fucking piece of shit. Did you realize what you just said? Yeah. So that's the one that they always share around. And I watch it and I go, you've got to be kidding me. This is not a joke. Yeah. But I think that's what this study is pointing out. Yeah. That that's people what are, I think that's what they're getting at. Yeah. Yeah. People are just people until you keep pointing it out and saying, well, you know, you if you don't like a person based on, uh, you know, whatever, there's some racial thing behind it, you know? I remember being, I was a huge baseball fan as a kid, and there were three players I hated. I just hated those players. 
And uh, they all happen to have Hispanic last names. And I, I was like, wow. It just so happened. I was sitting there going, That's your privilege. Am I a racist? Yes. And then I realized that one of them has a Hispanic name, but he's full-blown American. I mean, grew up here and everything. And I didn't like him because he was on a team I couldn't stand, and they won the World Series when my team, when I wanted my team to win it. And uh, he was one of the MVPs of the series, and I realized that's when I really started hating the guy. It just it happened to be that he was sort of the team captain of the team that yeah. won. There was another guy who was a, a pitcher, and he was just an asshole. He threw at people all the time. And then I started looking around and going, there's plenty of other players I hate that aren't like that, that aren't Hispanic. They just, I just don't like them. The people, Play for the other the team. The people I generally just don't like, even when I don't know them, but just by first first impression or whatever, it's a cultural thing, you know, because it's not it's not something I'm comfortable with, and I either find them uh, disrespectful or I find them um, too gregarious or if, you know, because I'm I've talked about this before, I'm kind of a you know, a born and raised, you know, Midwestern Lutheran kind of upraising where everybody is very stoic. And if they're going to be mean, it's passive aggressive, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so that's the culture I'm comfortable in. Right. So I just, did, I did it too. Right. <laughs> it's going to be tough not to do that. But you didn't do it. I mean, we said this before, you're not doing it in the way that he did. I'm not trying to get validation. I'm just saying, you you're just asking, what, you understand you what me? I'm saying? Did you hear me? Uh, so I, so when somebody is like overly um, gregarious is, I guess, a word I'm going to use, like very um, just loud mouthed, I guess, I, I, I'll I tend not to think highly of that person. And they might be the greatest person. They might be really friendly. They might be, you know, somebody who give the shirt off their back to somebody. But just culturally, it's not something that I value. I don't value that over the top, overblown gregarious. I don't, I don't value, um, you know, just certain cultural kind of ways people are so yeah i'm a culturalist <laughs> so, so you, what you're saying culturally is you yes. hate italians that's what you're i wasn't going to go there but I, and I have family members that that I, I i don't want to be around because they're like that and i have family members that are like that but i give them a pass because i i know that's who they are and i know they're good people so once you get to know somebody obviously you change you'll change your your perspective sometimes not all the time but sometimes so yeah, the point of this whole thing was you could work with someone who's lazy, regardless of what their background or ethnic back or their race or any of that stuff is, regardless of all of those factors. But what the study was showing, and I think it's more than one study, it was a compilation of several studies that shows that when people go through diversity training, now the reason they start to focus negatively on that person is because someone else told them that they were a bad person. Yeah. And they're taking it out on that person based on a race. That the diversity training actually makes people more, I don't want to say racist. Resentful? Yeah. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. And if you think about it, if you sit there and tell people that they're bad people over and over and over... And the people who are suffering because of it are these people over here. You're going to, after a while, it's probably just human nature. Look at those people and go, oh, fuck, guys. Well, I got a, a good example of a friend of mine that was very liberal that's told me, he goes, when it came to hiring practices, he goes, um, and I don't know how we got quite to this, but he says, so if you had two applicants, one black applicant, same age as the white applicant for this job, 
who would you pick? And I go, I would just have to pick the one that I, that I thought was more qualified or that I got a better vibe off of. I don't yeah. know. And he goes, no, you'd have to pick the black guy. And I go, why? Because, because historically they've been treated worse and they haven't had the opportunity. And this guy probably, the white guy has more, has had more opportunity and will have more opportunity. So you should pick the black guy. And that's the mindset right there where you go, no, fuck you. You're not going to tell me who I get to pick just because they're, their race. Yeah, screw you. I just so picked the white guy. Now I'm picking the white guy. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> well, Thomas Sowell has a thing about that where he says, um, he says that, uh, in hiring when it comes to that, White people will tend to, in that exact situation, pick the white guy. He says, but guess what? Other races will pick them too. Because he said, if you eventually have to fire them, the white guy is going to get, based on historical data, is going to give you the least amount of trouble. They're not going to say, oh, I got fired because I was racist. Yeah. Or because you're racist. I got fired because I didn't show up for work or I did a bad job or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's different because she flat out said it. Yeah. I mean, she flat out said, I'm trying to make this for, you know. I got a message from uh, Sparrowhawk. Uh-oh. So we have an assignment What's that? Sparrowhawk. Said uh, there's a documentary on Netflix called The Legend of Cocaine, Cocaine Island. And he said it's pretty good. We should watch it and then talk about it. Okay. So and every, anybody else listening, The Legend of Cocaine Island on Netflix. So go watch it and we'll probably talk about it on the next episode. All right, so I have one other small topic to sort of plant a seed on. All right. All right, this is short. So we're on episode 57 at this point. Something like that. We want to do something for episode 100. Oh, that's a ways off. That's a ways off, but it'll come up on us fast. And I want to do something cool. I'm not eating fucking rotten fish. So Thousand-year-old eggs. No. <laughs> no more eating anything? Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, yeah. You want to get drunk? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> That'd be great to just have episode 100 will be the drunk episode, but yeah. we need to have. It, it, I, I wouldn't do it just because hearing other people's podcasts that have gotten drunk, it's pretty frustrating. It's usually not funny. It's usually just frustrating. Yeah, but Especially I mean. if we're talking politics. Yeah, that's true. Well, what I'm saying is I'd love to come up with something we can do for the 100th episode and and some, you know, so. We'll do something if we get something. Do we have another listener thing that says, hey, if we get uh, 150 people on the Facebook page. Karaoke challenge. I'm not. No. Nobody wants to hear me sing. Rooster has to sing no. a song of the no. listener's choice. I am oh, that'd be awesome. Of my choice? No, the listener's choice. No. No. Oh, that would be there are lines I will not cross. See? What a party pooper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a, little, a little sliver of surstroming. Spit it right out. Yeah, I did. I, I had to soldier on for everybody. I did get sprayed in the face with that shit, though. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was it was bad. So, well, yeah. something along those lines that that rooster will probably say no to. Yeah. So come up with something that he can go. Maybe do it. Well, I mean, I've heard me sing and I've heard you sing, and neither one of us needs to be doing that. <laughs> I'd be all for it. Yeah, I know you would. <laughs> You sound a little too much like Neil Young trying to pinch one off. Oh, it's just you've, <laughs> you've just heard certain genres. No, I've seen you play rock band. Whatever. <laughs> All right, so any ideas anybody has, but whether it's, you know, we get a certain amount of ratings, we get a certain amount of likes or something like that, um, and we're open, to the, we're open to the challenge. Yeah, make us do something stupid in public. That'd be fun. Yeah, I suppose. Like, like oh, 
like dress up like terrorists and then drop duffel, <laughs> bag, duffel no, bags no, off no. in front of people and then no. run. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's actually a crime. Yeah. Have you seen those videos? <laughs> no. There's videos, YouTube videos of a guy that dresses up like a, like with the white you know, nightgown and the turban and carries a big duffel bag. And then he'll runs up to people like on a park bench, drops the bag and books. That might be in the uh, wake of the Sri Lanka bombings. Yeah. That might be a little. Yeah, I've seen a couple a of bra- bad guys taste. jogging, and the guy comes up and drops the bag at his feet, and the guy r- runs and jumps into the. There's like a lake next to him. Just runs and jumps into the lake to get away. I mean, it's it's, it's funny, but it's infuriating. You know what I'm talking about? It's like if I were there, I'd kick the shit out of that guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's hard not to laugh. I'd be worried about getting shot. There's one that's really amusing. I hate saying amusing because I don't want to condone this, but a, a person's walking along a sidewalk and there's a big wall to like a retaining wall beside them. And the dude jumps out in front of them and drops the bag and takes off running. So the, the guy that's walking goes, Oh shit, turns around and runs the other way. Well, there's another guy on the other side of the retaining wall that drops the bag. <laughs> and the guy just freaks out, doesn't know where to go. doesn't know what to do. So, and like I said, it's funny, but it's infuriating at the same time. So, yeah, don't tell us to do that because we won't do that, by the way. I was just kidding. I don't want it to be something I'm going to get arrested for. Yeah, and nothing that we're going to get arrested for. Yeah. All right. Um, but it can be sexy. No. No, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> Are you sure you're not I'm drunk just, now? I'm just giving people ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I think people come up with ideas on their own, and I'm sort of afraid of well, what they they're going to come up we, with. We have to get a lot and see. They have to, we have to throw it all against the wall to see what you, what you won't go meow to. Yeah, because it's me who says no. no. How about we do something like this? Crow has to climb up on a ladder. Well, how tall is a ladder? <laughs> Ten feet. I might be able to handle that. I get scared at uh, after second floor, basically. So, But if you want to get a hold of us and give us any ideas, it's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. Or on the Facebook page at Bread and Circuses Podcast. See you, bye.